Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. This morning, we're going to conclude our sermon series on 2020 vision, the church we see and want to be. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how we would love to see more and, pe- more, and more people find Jesus, uh, make that decision to realize that God loves them and, and, and they realize that God sees them and hears them and they come to the point to where they find Christ in their lives. Last week we talked about following Jesus. It's not just a one-time event or experience, it's a relationship. And so once you trust Jesus, you follow him for a lifetime. And today we're going to conclude by talking about the fullness of Christ, all that God has in store for us in our lives. I want to start it out this way. I always enjoy interesting nuggets from history. As I was reading this week, this week, the year 1809 was a watershed year. Uh, while the world was following Napoleon as he marched across the land trying to conquer the world one war at a time, there were babies being born. Uh, during that year, 1809, William Gladstone was born in Liverpool. Alfred Tennyson was born in Somersby. Oliver Wendell Holmes was born in Massachusetts. And Abraham Lincoln was born in Kentucky. When you look at 1809 with the perspective that comes from history, you have to ask the question, which was more important, the battles of 1809 or the babies of 1809? I don't know about you, but when I think about that, it makes me realize today there's a lot of people trying to conquer the world. They're trying to conquer their world, and they... They want to have more and and bigger and this and that and better, and they want all these things. Meanwhile, God has called us to trust and follow Him. And when we follow Him and find Him, we find the source of life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. But not only do we find the source of life, but we are called to share the gospel with others and make disciples, and that's reproducing that life. So I guess you could say babies are a whole lot more important than battles. Um, Henry Martin, someone from history as well, um, he was a Cambridge University student. And at the age of 20, he had done what few ever do in their lifetime. At the age of 20, he received the highest honor for his achievement in mathematics. He was a brilliant mathematician. In fact, he was given the highest recognition possible in that field. And yet he felt an emptiness inside. Um, He said that he felt like he had only grasped a shadow. And after evaluating his life goals, at the age of 24, he sailed to India to be a missionary. When he got there, he said, Lord, let me burn out for you. And oh, did he. In his short life, he lived seven more years before he died. In seven years, he translated the New Testament into not one, not two, but three different Eastern languages so that people could hear the gospel. Certainly he wasn't grasping at shadows. When I think of our Lord's example, Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 28, he said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's what Jesus did. He came not to be served, but to serve. 
In John 10.10, Jesus said, A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. Truly, when we find Jesus and we begin to follow Jesus, He wants us to experience the fullness of all that it means to have a relationship with God. So my question to you today is this, how do we experience a full life in Christ? Well, like Brother Danny said, He is the great I Am. He's everything that you'll ever need. If you have Him, you have everything you need. But I want you to be able, I want to unpack that today because I want you to understand how to enjoy that and not just know that in your head, but to experience it and enjoy it in your heart. So how do we experience a full life in Christ? I want you to look in Ephesians chapter 4, there in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. It's a short letter, six chapters. He emphasizes who we are in Christ. He says, you know, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now in Christ because Christ is in you. And now that you are in Christ, you know Him and you love Him and you have a relationship with Him. I want you to understand all that you can enjoy, all that you should experience because you now have Him in your life. And it should affect every area of your life. Well, here in Ephesians 4 is the hinge. You know, great, uh, great things turn on small hinges. And the door to experiencing this turns on a hinge. And it's found in the middle of the book in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul is referring to Jesus. He says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. There it is, Christ's fullness. And then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, and that is Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. That definitely is a mouthful. Here we have God's plan to help you and I enjoy the fullness of Christ. What does that involve? It involves the church, and particularly a, a specific way of doing church. Notice there in verse 11, he mentions leaders. There's different kinds of leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we're not going to go in depth into what all of those are and what they look like, but every one of them are leaders in, in the church and in the kingdom of God. And God has given those leaders uh, for a reason. And what is that reason? He says there in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that the body of Christ can be built up. And so we have leaders and then we have uh, the saints. Now, all of us, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are considered a saint according to Scripture. You may not feel like a saint, okay? But the, the saints are God's people. And you are one of them if you have Christ in your life. 
And so God has given leaders to the church for what reason? To equip the saints to do the work of ministry so that they can build up the body of Christ. See, another word for church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body. We're his hands. We're his feet. And what he wants to do is he wants all of us to experience his fullness together. He wants every church, he wants every congregation to become a body of believers. Not, I'm not talking about a concept in my brain. I'm talking about we are a team. We, we roll up our sleeves and we serve God together. That every single one of us has something that we can do. That we as the body of Christ are doing God's work in this world. He wants to use you and you, and you, and you. He wants to use every single one of us to be a part of that living, breathing body of Christ that does the work of God. Every single one of us can do that. You see, if you belong to Jesus, you belong to the body of Christ. And every one of you is a member of it if you know Jesus Christ. And if you're a member of the body, there's a place for you. There is a part for you to play. You think about it. When you look at the teaching in Scripture on the body of Christ, we are members of one another. What affects you affects me and vice versa. Every single one of us has a part, a role, a responsibility. And so far too long uh, you have seen the 80-20 rule in churches. You know what that is, right? In the business world they call it the Pareto Principle. What does that mean? It's simply that 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Right, And so God's plan is for everybody to do something for Him. And so it all hinges on equipping. Uh, I want to tell you something. I accept that challenge uh, as I've been praying for what God wants us to do in 2020. I, I want to, with, with your prayer and your support, I want to position us to where every person can discover their ministry. Every person can be equipped and prepared to do whatever it is that God wants you to do. And then if we can equip everyone to do what God's called them to do, think about the impact that this body of believers can have in Somerset and Pulaski County. That would be awesome. Leaders are called to equip the people of God to do the work of ministry. And what happens as a result of that? The body of Christ is built up, in verse 12, until when? Until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of God's Son and growing in maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. How do we get to Christ's fullness. I'm going to give you three words. Equip, ministry, and maturity. Write those down. Equip, ministry, and maturity. God has called leaders to equip the believers in the body to serve. And when everybody serves, then the body of Christ is built up. We grow in unity and we grow in maturity, and as a result, we achieve the fullness of Christ. Now, this shouldn't be earth-shattering. This shouldn't be new. But let me point out something that may or may not be obvious, and that's this. For far too long in most churches, we've done that backwards. We really have. 
We want to see people get saved and we want to see them go public with their faith and get baptized and then we want to see them grow. And then one day we go, hey, we need you to serve. No, no, I, I don't want to do that. And uh, we focus on maturity, but we don't connect maturity to ministry. And when I read the Scripture, it's a corrective because the Scripture teaches us that maturity is absolutely connected to ministry. Think about that. You read that again. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Why? Or, or, or how come? To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity, growing in maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. I know I skipped a few words there. I want you to get the main thought. In other words, we will mature. We will grow. We will be unified. We'll be all the things we should be when everybody is equipped and mobilized to serve. Now, everyone can do something. And so what I want to give you today is pretty short, but what I want to give you is three questions that we all need to ask ourselves so that we personally can experience the fullness of Christ. God wants all of us to serve. So the first question is this. Have you been equipped to discover your gifts, develop your character and skills, and be deployed to serve God and others? Now, if you haven't, as your pastor, I'm going to accept that challenge. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I want to equip you. And so what I'm going to say right now is I want to make a commitment to you that if, you are, if you're there, if you're asking yourself that question, you're like, I really don't know. I'm not sure what I should be doing. I don't know what God wants me to do. Then I want you to sometimes just let me know. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. And I want you to know that I will come alongside you. I will pray for you. And I will help you discern how God has wired you so that you can discover God's path of service for you. It's something that every, everybody should be doing. Um, when you miss out, on God working in and through your life, you're missing it. Now, I realize a lot of you I'm not talking to. A lot of you were already involved in, in, in serving in some form or, 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 or another. But there may be some of you that are not. This is a message that's for all of us. And so have you been equipped to discover your gift? I can remember when I was, I guess, 17 years old. Our youth pastor at the time, Danny Patrick, he... Uh, helped me to discover that God had given me a gift. And when I realized that God had given me a gift, it's called a spiritual gift. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you like sometime. God has given every Christian, every believer, a spiritual gift. When you discover what that gift is, then you want to give it back to God through using it to serve others. And when you begin to make the pivot in your life from God working in your life, to God working through your life, you won't ever want to settle for anything else or anything less. And so I began to discover what God's gift was. God began to develop me and grow me in, in uh, character and skills. And then he began to use me to serve God and others. I think many times we, we simply want to sit people down. Sit still while I instill. You need to learn. You need to grow. And we never let them do. We never let them put into practice, and then one fine day when we call on their number, they don't want to go in the game. Can you imagine being on the bench 
and you're the member of a team, and the coach says, hey, man, I need you. It's your turn. No, I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? I don't want to find somebody else. Let me tell you something. When you and I are on God's team, He wants to use every single one of us. Every single one of us has a part to play. We have a role. We have a responsibility. And when you and I discover what that is, it's exciting. Well, that's the first question. The second question I want you to ask is, how are you pursuing unity and maturity in Christ? Question number two, how are you pursuing unity and maturity in Christ? Now, Think about that question for a minute and let me break it down. You might say, well, yeah, I want that. You know, I'm a believer. I, I love the Lord. I, I know Jesus. And, you know, I come to church uh, regularly. And, and, you know, I try to do my part. I, I'm in Sunday school. I, I'm in the worship service. And, 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 and you know, all those things. And, and um, I, I'm pursuing unity and maturity in Christ. Well, are you serving now, I mean that genuinely. I don't mean that in a smart-alecky way. I don't. Because until you serve, and there's a thousand and, diff- and one different ways to serve, okay? There's so many ways. I don't, I don't want to limit it to just one area. I don't want to get up here and say, oh, we have a need in this area. Please, I'm going to squeeze your arm. Please, that's not what this is about, okay? That, that's not it at all. What I want for you is I want you to realize that God not only loves you, And He has saved you, but He saved you to serve. He wants to not only work in your life, He wants to work through your life. If He can take a little boy with a sack lunch, and He can use that boy's lunch to feed a multitude, think what He could do with you if you say, God, I don't have much, I don't don't know what to do, but Lord, would you take this and use this? If you will have that approach, if you'll have that attitude, if you'll have that posture, you'll be shocked. You'll be amazed at what God can do through you. And that's what he wants. And so today, how are you pursuing unity and maturity in Christ? Can I say you won't get there until you start serving? Look again. Here's here's the thing. Let me give you two pictures. I think our picture of people growing in unity and maturity is we're all in a circle. Maybe we're singing. Maybe we're praising God. Maybe, Maybe we're praying and we have what I used to hear this word, kumbaya moments. You remember the campfire song, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya? I just dated myself, right? But uh, anyway, those Kumbaya moments, we go, oh, man, that was so good. my, My hair on my arm raised. Oh, man, I could feel God in the room. Boy, that was awesome. We think, man, that's that's unity right there. Man, that is maturity. Well, it could be. But the the image and the picture that I see when I read Ephesians 4 The leaders are to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that the body of Christ can be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son and growing in maturity uh, with a measure, uh, a stature measured by Christ's fullness. In other words, it's not until we get into the trenches and you and I begin to be the body of Christ. Every single one of us begins to roll up our sleeves and we begin to serve, and we begin to be the hands of feet, uh, the hands of Jesus. We begin to be the feet of Jesus. We actually begin to serve others in the name of Christ. That's when we experience the unity. That's when we demonstrate the maturity because we are serving the Lord. You know, it's kind of like this. Remember, remember James. 
in the New Testament who wrote his little letter, five chapters, the book of James. And he talks about faith and works. And he says, hey, you tell me you believe. Well, that's good. But I'm going to show you I believe by what I do. Anybody can pay lip service and say, yeah, I believe God. And yeah, I'm a Christian. And yeah, I go to church. But James would say, don't, don't tell me. Show me. Show me. Live out each and every day what it means to know God and, and to love God and to follow God. Serve Him and serve others. And when we do that, then we're really, truly pursuing unity and maturity in Christ because everyone is doing what God wants them to do. We, I could stand up here and talk to you about how important it is to know the will of God. And let's, let me say something. It's very important for you to know God's will for your life. But you know what's even more important than knowing God's will for your life? Doing it. Doing it. Remember Jesus told a story one time that a man had two sons. And he says, hey, I've got something going on out there in the field. I, I need one of y'all to go out there and take care of it. And one said, sure, Dad, I'll do it. And he didn't. And the other son said, I ain't going to do it. I don't have time. I don't want to do it. You, I'm not doing it. And then he thought about it. I shouldn't have been that, you know, cold-hearted and disrespectful to my dad. And he decided to go and do it anyway. And then Jesus said, which one did the will of the Father? The one that say was going to or the one that actually did it? You and I, if we're going to... Uh, do the will of God in our lives, it starts with saying, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, use me and be willing to do whatever it is he wants you to do. Well, we talked about being equipped. We talked about pursuing unity and maturity. There's one more, one more question that I want to raise here in this passage, and that's number three. Are we learning to speak the truth and love to one another? Now, this one's powerful. It's powerful to me. You, you, you keep reading here this fullness of Christ that we're supposed to experience in verse 13. That is the alternative to what usually happens in verse 14. In verse 14, if we don't, if we don't serve, if we don't, uh, if we don't become equipped, if we don't grow in unity and knowledge and maturity, if we don't experience Christ's fullness, uh, then... Like little children, we're tossed by the waves and we're blown around by every wind of teaching, by the human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. We began to just go, go with the flow. And he says, but we have to speak, verse 15, we have to speak the truth in love and let us grow in every way into him who is the head, and that is Christ. You see... When people become equipped and they begin to do what God has called them to do, it's risky. It's, it's messy. And um, you go, oh my goodness, if, if we mobilize 100 people to do what God's called them to do, there's going to be fires and there's going to be messes and there's going to be all kinds of potential problems. And that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And that's how you mature. One reason why people aren't growing, learning, and maturing is because they're not doing anything. So there's nothing, nothing to learn. So here, the 
the lubrication that makes the machine run smoothly is speaking the truth in love. And I think that's hard for everybody to do when you look at, at personalities, when you look at people in general. It's kind of like being left-handed or right-handed. Which one do you identify with? The truth side? Yes. Or the love side? Yeah. And we tend to lean one way or the other, and Scripture is saying that they are both important. Speaking the truth in love. I learned many years ago, I won't get into the details or the story, but I learned many years ago what it means to speak the truth in love. If you're going to speak the truth and love to people, what it comes down to is this. You've got to be you got to love them enough to tell them the truth even when they don't want to hear it. And if you can do that in a spirit of love and speak the truth, then what you're demonstrating is you are more concerned at how they're going to respond to God than react to you. Did you catch that? You are more concerned about how they will respond to God than react to you. If, you're, if, you, if you feel led to, to talk to someone and, 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 and have a teachable moment and you're trying to help them, you're, you're trying to teach them, and you're trying to, to speak the truth but doing it in a loving way, and yet you're more concerned about them reacting to you, you're not there yet. You need to pray a little bit more. But when you've prayed through it and you're letting the Lord lead and guide you, when you go in the right time, in the right way, with the right heart, the right attitude, you can speak the truth in love because you're more concerned about how they'll respond to God than react to you. And that's how the body of Christ grows. And so this morning, as I wind down this message, I just want to share that if we are going to experience the fullness of Christ in our lives, we can't do it by ourselves. We need the Lord and we need each other. And church is supposed to be a team sport. Every one of us is called to get into the game. Every single one of us has a way to contribute. Every single one of us has a gift from God. And all I can say is, I want to help you discover what that gift is. I want to come alongside you and help you not only discover it, but, but get the training and the help that you need so that you can roll up your sleeves and get in the game. So that when the Lord taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, I need you, you say, yes, Lord, whatever you need me to do, that's what I'll do. And when you, when you begin to take that step of obedience, you will experience not only the thrill of Christ working in your life, but Christ working through your life. And to me, that is what is awesome. This time, I want to ask you to stand, our musicians to come. We're going to have a time of invitation. Maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe if you never took that first step, today can be that day when you do. I want to encourage you to realize that God loves you. He sent His Son to die on the cross to save you. And He offers the free gift of eternal life to anyone who will turn and trust and follow Jesus. If you've never took that first step today, it's my prayer that you will. And if you have took that first step and you want to indicate it, then the next step is baptism. It's your public testimony uh, before God and before men. Maybe the Lord's leading you to join the church. Maybe he's calling you to serve. Every single one of us can do something. 
no matter how small it may seem, every single one of us could do something. And if you'll take what you have and say, God, I, I may not have much, but Lord, what I have, I want to give it to you. Will you use it? Don't, don't underestimate it. I pray today that every single one of you will have the, the heart attitude this morning. Lord, I, I, I really don't know what to do next. I'm not sure where to start. But Lord, what I have, I want to give it to you. And I'm not talking about money either. either. I'm talking about being available to serve God with your life. Maybe there's something he wants you to do. Maybe there's somebody he wants you to touch. Maybe there's something that he's put in you and it's been in you for a long, long time and you've never done anything with it. And maybe God is saying, I want to strike a match and I want a lot of fire in your life so that you can burn for my glory and people can see me not only working in you, but working through you. Whatever God's calling you to do this morning, I want to encourage you to take that next step and say, Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, I want to obey you. and I want to serve you as we pray. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.